0: Hello and welcome to Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. You've already had a frustrating morning, Jules. A bit of traffic on the way in.
1: A bit of traffic. I feel as though I should say welcome back to you. Thank you. Because you've been away, but of course we haven't been away. No. We were here we were here last week by the magic of broadcast, <laughs> broadcasting technology. Yes.
0: Yeah, well thank you very much. Um, good rest. Did you have of a nice time? I did. Thank you very much. It was lovely. Um, I feel refreshed and relaxed and ready to go again. Um, And it's good because the day I got back, I immediately went to an Invictus training camp. Um, The last one that Team UK will have before they head off to The Hague. And as promised, we do have another Invictus story this week for you. That's as we continue to build up to the twice-postponed Invictus Games being held later this month in The Hague. We want to bring you a selection of voices from across the services and our guest this week is Sherry McBain, one of a handful of currently active serving personnel competing for Team UK. She's a squadron leader and is part of the Princess Mary's Royal Air Force Nursing Service.
2: I feel so proud to be here and um, it's a real honour actually to represent the military. There's very few of us still left in after this 900-day journey. Um, So to stand up, shout, cheer, make all of the veterans feel part of that military family again is incredibly important.
0: Now, as I said, I caught up with Sherry this weekend at Team UK's final multi-sport training weekend, which sort of bridged across three days. It was the, it was great to see all 60 plus competitors with their families and all the staff. And it gave a real sense of what it'll be like come games time. And with the Hay getting underway on the 16th of April, the team only have a few days to go.
2: The journey's been a long one. It's been an incredible one. And I think about where I was to where I am now. I'd never done archery before, um, and now I shoot for the Royal Air Force. Um, I shoot for the local club. I absolutely love it. Sitting volleyball, I wouldn't say um, I would say I'm that great at it. I would say that I've persevered with it. Um, I love the team dynamics, and um, and I'm there to say that actually, I made it from the end from the beginning to the end.
1: Now it's I'm a, I'm a bit worried. I'm a bit worried about Sherry's voice. Is that going to last until the Hague?
2: It will be revealed,
0: well, why have voice been oh, okay. so hoarse? But given it was the third day of a three-day training camp, and um, Sherry's one of those... So 100% supporters. So even at a training camp, she went to every single sport. Shouting at people. (laughs) Yeah, in a good way, in a supportive way. But yes, I do make the point that uh, at the beginning of the interview that, in fact, her voice doesn't always sound like that. Although actually, given that The Hague is less than two weeks away, I'm pretty sure she'll be like that when we get there. Because one of the things they said in the the briefing yesterday before everyone got their kit and said their goodbyes before meeting up, you know, the team bus in 10 days' time... The briefing basically said, you know, this is about this is not about the individual. This is all about team. And they are and always have been encouraged. So if you play one sport, if you play five sports, if you can get to support your team in another sport, that's what they do. They sort of bus each other around and that includes friends and family. So all the noise that we heard in 2014 Jules was largely people that they knew and friends and family and other members of Team I thought you were going to say it was largely Sherry. (laughs) She she wasn't involved in Victors back in um, 2014 but um, it's interesting to hear a story about how she got involved and of Mm. course many of the people that she treated as a nurse went on to become Victors athletes and therefore it sort of inspired her but definitely worth sticking around because Sherry is one of the hundreds of military personnel who helped to deliver the Covid effort as well well during the pandemic she was working on the front line so worth staying with us to hear her story another inspiring recovery journey for you this week on Forces Sport now, elsewhere in forces sport, um, some great news in boxing jewels. Army boxing star Karis Artinstalls announced she'll make her professional debut later this year. I mean, it's possibly the worst kept secret. We've, we've known about it for a few, a, a little while, haven't we?
1: We've known about it for a while. Yeah, I think now's the time for her and her partner, Lauren Price, to turn pro. They've signed with the boxer team. So hopefully we shall get to see her on, on the telly. Uh, doing what she does so very well. So, she, you know, she's signing off from the army to focus purely on boxing. So we shall wait and see how she progresses in those pro ranks. But an exciting time for the Artingstall Price household.
0: Mm. Yeah, good, a double, uh, good double that they are. Um, of course, she won that bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympic Games last summer. There was a... And she's current army and UK Armed Forces Sportsman of the Year, done incredibly well um this this year this last of 12 months there was a feeling perhaps she w- might have done another olympic cycle but you know she's decided... only because
1: it's a short window uh, mm. until paris so it's only a couple of years if you think about it so you know she she'd yeah there was a it would have been feasible for her but if her partner is, is going pro and, and and the money now is is you know gently coming into into women's sport women's boxing there's a chance for her to take take the opportunity why not go now
0: I do hope we, still, we can still get her on Forces Sport at some point because she's, she's keen to sort of um, well, say thank you, know, you really to the military audience as well. You know what these professional athletes are like. <laughs> they don't talk to us. <laughs> That's not true. Um, Jules, you've been busy this week. Um, in my absence, you caught up with members of the Army basketball team.
1: Well, the countdown is on to the blue ribbon event in the military basketball season with the inter-services championships set for the end of this week at RAF Cosford. Now, due to the pandemic, it will be the first time the three forces sides will face each other on court in two years. So you're right. I did go to see how the army have been preparing ahead of their campaign. And I spoke to Sergeant Ferris Murray and I asked him how the squad have coped over the past few seasons and have the returning players managed to stay at the top of their game. The standard is pretty high when we can get all the players. but Obviously with what's going on at the moment, we know we're not going to get all our players. But the standard is what we've got here today or even what we've had all week has been really high, really, really high. And off the back of the inter-services, of course, they're looking to pick the UK Armed Forces squad compete in the nato games as well aren't they so is that a tournament that you featured in before yes i went there for the last six years it was last year i had to miss it because of an exercise but yeah that's a really that's like the next level that's like a really tough tournament
3: because you get like the french and all of those teams and lithuania that's their national sport so it tends to like those are the teams that we actually like
1: What's it like, literally, to rub shoulders against some of the best military basketball players on the planet? It's My first year was like, oh wow, wow. But after a while, it's like, you realise, I look at it as I like, have got nothing to prove to them. But they've got to prove to me why they're better than me. Because everyone came to see them and that's the aim that we always go for now. We go at them and then we just hope for the best. Yeah, so if Ferris would be rubbing shoulders with them. We'd probably be rubbing their knees, wouldn't we? We'd be somewhere <laughs> yeah. at, somewhere at floor level. But a, Short an amaz- and
0: not talented. Remember, yes. Short and not talented.
1: <laughs> an amazing opportunity to feature at those NATO games. Um,
0: Is that in so- shape? Are they held at shape?
1: I think so. That's where yes. they've been. That's where they've been staged before remember. in the past. Yeah. yeah, we've we've done reports from there, haven't we? Rob, dear old Rob, Olver, <laughs> If you're listening, Rob, hello to Rob in Germany. He's been to shape to cover those. Um, fixtures before i really don't fancy taking on the american teams though especially at basketball (laughs) oh my gosh can you imagine meanwhile the army women well they're going to be hoping to defend the title they won the last time the tournament was staged in 2019 i get the sense though that the team are missing a few key players from that previous campaign but despite that captain wendy eagle says the players are desperate to play again after the sports enforced hiatus
3: the buzz is brilliant. I think everyone's really keen, everyone's really engaged. Um, you know, it's always a tight competition between the Navy and the RAF. Uh, I know that they're obviously, they've got some hard training camps going on, but I definitely feel that we're, um, you know, uh, fighting hard this year because, you know, everyone wants to just come out and be successful. The only problem we have got is due to current commitments, uh, ongoing, you know, operations, we have got quite a Few people from the squad still missing but it's great because what that has done is allowed other people to come through uh, and develop them uh, especially as well. Yeah, you've
1: been around for a while so what's it like for you as the sort of the seasoned hand in the team to see that young talent coming through?
3: It's exceptional so for people like me who are willing to you know wanting to pretty much hang their boots up um, to see all this talent coming through you know it's going into a great place and that basketball isn't fading away and if anything it's going from strength to strength and the talent coming through is a lot better standard than for when I I was younger and it's
1: especially good to see just as a reminder then the inter-services basketball championships featuring the senior men development men development men <laughs> easy for me to say and the women's competition gets underway at rf cosford on friday the royal navy men are the defending men's champions i see that the la lakers lost at the weekend oh so yeah that means yeah so that mean, i mean they're a bit they're a big team big franchise the lakers but looks like they're going to miss out on silverware this year
0: well, just I as mean, an aside,
1: just as an aside.
0: I know, and a good aside as well. And good uh, good US knowledge there, Jules. Thank you very much. Um, just a recap of last week's football. Of course, the inter-services ended. Um, the, the, it was wrapped up with the Royal Navy women beating the Army 2-1. And in the men's game, the Army also got a 2-1 win. And that was over the senior service. But of course, the titles had already gone to the RAF. Um So congratulations to them again. Congratulations to the Light Blues. Um, So in a way, those games were void, but good to have um, those results for for both sides. Um, To Rugby League, sadly, another heavy loss for the Army women, beaten in their third and final Challenge Cup pool match. They went down 38-0 to Barrow Raiders. Last week, St Helens beat them 88-0, and they were also beaten by Warrington in Their opening match. Uh, better news for the UK Armed Forces men who thrashed the GB Police 52 points to nothing. And this is all part of the President's Cup duels, which is a sort of four way tournament between GB Police, GB Teachers, England Universities, and the UK Armed Forces um, men. And there's also a women's tournament, which um, again, a President's Cup, which starts on the 13th of April. Um, the men have got two more matches, or three more matches actually, 27th of April. 25th of may at the moment confirmed um and hockey an amazing congratulations to liam sanford of course who was a previous guest here on forces sport scored his first international goal against india at the weekend um a previous guest as i said um he's out in india with england they drew their first match with the host three all but liam's goal came in the second game which unfortunately ended in a 4-3 loss for england but um we did discuss with Liam back in, gosh, when was it? Sometime last year when he was back from the Olympics. We did discuss with Liam the possibility of him scoring, which he does regularly playing for the RAF. But as a defender, he doesn't always get the chance at international level. So if you're listening, well done, Liam. Oh, Stanford. it's nice to
1: bomb forward from the back, isn't it? And, and <laughs> yeah. get, one, get a goal. That's brilliant. No better does feeling. It...
0: Really lovely picture on Twitter that actually the RAF Hockey Association has tweeted of him after scoring his goal, like, yeah, you know, fist pumping. Got fist pump, standard <laughs> they, fist pump. They've, they've taken the, um, the sort of opportunity to say how it feels to score for RAF hockey, but obviously he's, he's in it, England kit. But I'm, I'm, I hope that we had a small part in that when we chatted to him back in whenever it was, September, October.
1: Uh, possibly 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 i'm I'm not
0: so spurred him on to international glory and just um, another word as well uh, ibir ali who i don't know whether you the listener have have heard of him before but he's been involved he was injured in iraq and he lost his right uh, the bottom half of his right arm He's done, he currently works with lots of charities including Blesma and he's also done sort of the Arctic Walks with Prince Harry and um, Walking with the Wounded and, and what have you over the time. He's one of these faces that keeps appearing on all these incredible challenges. Well, he's just run from Santa Monica Pier all the way to Las Vegas. It was part of a two-man team, 350 miles in 107 hours. Four days, 11 hours and 16 minutes Uh And he just—I know—but what a nice place to finish as well. If you're going to run anywhere, run to Vegas, right?
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. (laughs) Cross the desert. Play on the the tables, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I hope he's got um, a nice break to enjoy some time in Vegas. B S B S B S. The forces station. Forces sports. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. As I said earlier, we're looking towards the Invictus Games, which are less than two weeks away now. So here is this week's story.
2: My name's Sherry McBain. I'm a squadron leader. I'm a a nursing officer by background, so part of the Princess Mary's Royal Air Force Nursing Service. And I'm currently serving at Joint Hospital Group South in Portsmouth. And your voice doesn't normally sound like this. (laughs) No, I've been um, leading the screaming... um, and celebrating uh, for all the other team sports this weekend. So, Just tell
0: us a little bit about what sports you're doing and why you're so hoarse and why probably in 10 days time you'll be just
2: as hoarse when you're screaming out in the Hague. So I'm playing sitting volleyball and I'm also the team captain for the archery team. Um, but we've literally followed every single sport this weekend. So if we're not competing, we're shouting and cheering and making sure that they feel that um, Team UK are right behind them for everyone else playing.
0: And that was um, an announcement made today in the debrief, probably the last debrief you have before going out to the Hague. That that it's not about individuals; it is about team. Not only are you there representing Team UK, but the UK Armed Forces, the UK Armed Forces generally. And you, as a serving member, that must ring true a little bit harder because you're still serving.
2: I feel so proud to be here, and um, it's a real honour, actually, to represent the military. There's very few of us still left in after this 900-day journey. Um, So to stand up, shout, cheer, make all of the veterans feel part of that military family again is incredibly important. And I think just to inspire people at home, you know, it's been a really hard couple of years with COVID. Um, And so we just want to show that anything's possible, no matter or your background, your injury, your illness, um, you know, with a little bit of belief and a little bit of hard work, you can get there.
0: And tell us a little bit about your Invictus journey, um, how you came to be involved in Invictus, and um, also how that works
2: with still serving as well, because I know that it is hard to do. So um, I hit rock bottom. Um, I was uh, diagnosed with PTSD um, whilst I was on maternity leave, actually. So a good friend and colleague and someone that was part of um, my network committed suicide and it was the key to my Pandora's box. Um, I'd also had multiple abdominal surgeries so I was really at my lowest point and um, I saw the advert for the Invictus Games I've seen previous friends and most importantly patients that I've lifted and moved as part of CCAST which is the critical care air support team and from point of injury um, to the hospitals. So. Um, Honestly, after a drink one night, I um, filled out the application form. The next day I laughed at myself, but I hadn't submitted it. And there was a glitch in the system that year. So um, all forms that were partially completed, everyone received joining instructions anyway. And typical military, if you receive joining instructions, you're in, you've got to turn up. So that's, um, that's what I did. Uh, it took me about five hours to actually get from Portsmouth to Bath, because um, I turned around so many times um the journey's been a long one it's been an incredible one and i think about where i was to where i am now i'd never done archery before um and now i shoot for the royal air force um, i shoot for the local club i absolutely love it sitting volleyball i wouldn't say um i would say i'm that great at it i would say that i've persevered with it um i love the team dynamics and um and i'm there to say that actually i made it from the end from the beginning to the end and It's just going to be incredible to be part of that. So this journey has been a long one from a medical perspective, but I'm hoping to get medically upgraded. And certainly the Invictus journey has made a huge impact on that. And I don't think I would remain in service if I hadn't had this journey.
0: And that's important as well, because so many people don't have the choice whether they're medically discharged or medically demoted in that sense. You feel like you've got that control and Invictus has kind of given you that.
2: I feel like the journey has helped me um, alongside all the therapy um, and friends and family, and I've had incredible leadership um, and support from uh, from the military family. I also think that COVID, in a really strange way, um, gave me the ability to prove myself again as a nurse, and maybe not doing one-to-one nursing, but actually I was seconded to NHS England in London, um, and I helped deliver the national effort for COVID um, in the South East region. So. All of those factors have come together, and I think I'm going to be really fortunate to remain in service, um, get back to a deployable MedCat. And ultimately, for me, that's that's the recovery journey, to go from someone who was destined to be uh, medically discharged out, and now I'm going to return back to that, that stage and hopefully deploy. Um, so it's been an incredible journey for me.
0: Does the Hague feel like a deployment in itself? I mean, probably a slightly more fun one i don't know how to put that but um it's such a huge movement of people and kit and kind of personalities that are going out there how much are you looking forward to the Hague, given that they've had this massive run-up i'm not expecting i feel like they're going to blow it out of the water because they've just been so excited for three years
2: i think they really will blow it out of the water and i think actually we've got a job to do um you know, around the world, everyone has been suffering as a consequence of COVID. Um, with everything going on in Ukraine, it's time for people to stand up and show what people can do, coming rising up from the ground, really, and inspiring all those people at home that have had a really tough time and letting our colleagues and friends around the world know what we are all about. So the journey is going to be an incredible one. And in terms of um, The Hague itself, um, it does feel like a deployment. But you've got the added factor that your friends and family are coming. So it's not just thinking about yourself. This time it's thinking about uh, your teammates, making sure that your family are in the right place at the right time. So it's a little bit more stressful in that sense. Um, But it is all going to be about the fun. It's going to be about the sports. And it's going to be about meeting all those competitors that we've had relationships with online, uh, friendly competitions through all the online activity over COVID. So just can't wait to get there now and just a final
0: um mention for the support that the RAF a and you know allowing you to stay in I know that's sort of a a difficult topic but um in your Invictus journey and, and you going out there especially as a serving personnel member um what's the support from the RAF like ahead of the Hague and will they all be well it's not all the RAF but I'm sure your colleagues in the RAF will be watching
2: I think I'm really fortunate. I'm in the medical services, so we understand the power of a recovery journey. Um, but I would just like to say a huge thank you to, to my bosses um, that have been with me throughout this journey and that have always supported me, and to the PMs, um, so the Princess Mary's Royal Air Force and Nursing Service, who've just been outstanding. I've had so much support from all of them, and this wouldn't be possible without those people standing by your side and picking you up when you're at your lowest point. So thank you. <laughs> What I found really incredible about Sherry
0: is, apart from her enthusiasm and clearly her very vocal support for for her teammates, is that she has this physical and tangible um, journey end in the sense that if she can stay in the military, she can be medically upgraded in the sense that, you know, just go back to sort of normal life. And the fact that Invictus has played such a massive part in that is is clear in that she, she could have, they, they would have, you know, she would have been medically discharged if it wasn't for the, the sort of support and the, the, the kind of focus that Invictus has given her as well.
1: Well, it sounds as though by her own voyage, her own journey, she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to mel- mental health. So as, yeah. a, as a nurse, she already has that compassionate side to her. But if she can tap into her own experiences then surely it's a it's a win-win situation for the Royal Air Force to keep her on board because she can recognise those symptoms and immediately step in to help somebody who perhaps is is wavering in the way that she did before.
0: And absolutely and don't you think it's quite nice to hear a positive story about Covid in the sense that that work that she did on the front line during the pandemic and being part of the Covid effort for her was a positive Mm. i know the whole general situation isn't a positive
1: was bleak but but yes the fact that she
0: was able to take the positives from that and again that has helped her um, keep her keep her job and keep her life and 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 mm. be happy with the way things are she was also recognized in the new year's honors list um with the association, association of the royal red cross which is awarded for exceptional services to military nursing so says
1: well, all you need know. to know then doesn't it
0: <laughs> oh, yeah that's she's definitely worked hard and she'll be um actually think that she's definitely probably one of the capacitors we'll follow up with when we're when we're in the Hague um, and sort of see how she's going. So do keep tuned to uh, forces.net. And of course, across our radio um, programming as well, just to hear a lot more of those Invictus stories as we lead up to the games. And of course, we'll be out there from about the 14th of April until the end of the game. So uh, you should see a lot of content coming through our channels then. Yes, yeah, so what's happening in the big wide world of sport Jules? What have you been watching over the last week? While well, I've there was been women's somewhere. cricket World
1: Cup. That <laughs> yeah. that suddenly got interesting when England went on that roll. <laughs> they suddenly started to win again, but up against the steamroller that was Australia. I think wow. it was ine- inevitable really despite their best efforts. So um That one fell by the wayside. It's not really a cricketing line, but when you were away, there was the tribute, the memorial service to Mm. Shane Warne, and they unveiled his name down at the MCG. But I see over the weekend that the MCG may be the location for a World Cup football qualifying match between Brazil and Argentina. Wow. Did you see this?
3: No. So they might
1: stage that fixture... In Australia? I don't know why. Um, Don't ask me that. Don't ask me the detail. All all I can tell you is that they might be playing Argentina and Brazil World Cup qualifier for Qatar at the MCG in Australia. That would be an atmosphere, wouldn't it?
0: How many does the MCG see? Isn't it 100,000 or something ridiculous? It's it's enormous. Just
1: shy of, I think. Just shy of. But yeah, and
0: Australia have also favourites to get the Women's Rugby World Cup and the Men's Rugby World Cup as well for the, I'm thinking, 27.
1: So they put their hands up for that as well, have they? Yeah, talking so, talking um, of rugby, there were some comebacks over the weekend. Wales did well to come back yes. against Scotland. This is in the Women's Six Nations. Sarah Bonner, another yeah. guest on this show. Yeah. Uh, she swapped the light blue shirt of the RAF the previous week to put on the shirt of her birth Scotland and um, unfortunately for her she was on the losing side but yeah. it gives Wales some heart see interesting to see that Wales turned professional uh, a little while ago and, and now they're beginning to reap some rewards although I think they're going to struggle <laughs> against England who thumped Italy didn't they so uh, they England did and, going well
0: well we're talking about England's sort of gaps certainly within the European nations in rugby but um Just to go back to the Women's World Cup, someone described Australia who have now won something like 38 out of 39 matches since losing that World Cup semi-final against India in 2017. I think in four years they have only lost the one match in in 50 over cricket. But someone described it as there's Australia and then there's this huge whole load of clear sky and then there's everyone else. And I think after that win, which was very convincing... Um, At the weekend, that is the only way to describe them. Very impressive. And also, just a little nugget of information. Alicia Mm -hmm. Healy, of course, who made 170 runs from 138 balls. I'm just referring to my notes. She is a partner, of course. I think she won... Um, she scored the most runs for an individual at a World Cup, and her partner Mitchell Stark won the most wickets at the twenty nineteen World Cup. You wouldn't Men. get
1: these nuggets anywhere else <laughs> apart from a program dedicated to military sports. So <laughs> oh, well I done just... for tuning <laughs> in and staying with us for that long. Did you see I the old? F- did you see the old Firm Derby at the weekend? I didn't
0: watch any of it, and it didn't, you know, apart from mm. the football, it didn't sound great.
1: Well, because some plum threw a, I don't know, yeah. some idiot threw a glass bottle. Uh, onto one of the goal mouths yeah. where Joe Hart was sending what, I don't know I don't know how they got the glass bottle in there in the first place but or anyway able,
0: yeah
1: anyway football though really enthralling game really exciting uh, not so happy for Rangers fans because they'll be disappointed because Celtic have turned a corner last yes, year they couldn't absolutely. they couldn't win a game this time mm-hmm. Celtic have turned a corner and uh, they've got a young lad called Jota who's on loan from from Portugal uh, he's making a lot—not Jota from Liverpool, Jota from Portugal. <laughs> he's making a lot of difference for them. He's a—he's a winger, so um, they must be encouraged. They've opened up a bit of a gap now, so uh, we'll have to see how that pans out. Not many games left—ten games left—is it eight games left?
0: Yeah, and the making of Joe Hart really. I mean, he's sort of revitalised himself at Celtic.
1: Sometimes that's what it takes—the making yeah. of Joe Hart up there in Scotland. Uh, whereas, meanwhile, poor old Delielli has has failed again. at uh, uh, well, some people—I don't want to say <laughs> me—but some people are saying he's not doing very well at Everton. He was brought mm. in to do a job, and he can't even can't even start there. So I wonder what's going on with Questions him. And over of course, Breschner one of those. Well, like Man, one of the, well, there we are. But just yeah. to just to wrap things up on the world sporting scene, again, the best two teams got to the final in the boat race: Oxford and Cambridge. <laughs> is that is that one you tune into because you you, you sound like you might know people that have featured in that from your school days
0: uh i never got into cambridge or oxford i was at um the third rate university that is durham but uh yeah i i when i first lived in london i used to religiously go every year and be one of those idiots who you know couldn't see anything couldn't see the boat races but the, the pubs were open but i have to say now i get out of london for boat race especially because it's. I'm quite near Putney um, and it's just too many people for me. So I, um, well, I'm glad I I'm headed, thought, headed to the Invictus camp. I always you know. thought
1: that you'd be a big fan of the Cox, just because of your height, because, you, you know, you are that sort of height that could sit at the front and shout at people.
0: I have to say, and given that that's the theme of this uh, this programme with loud voices, I it was suggested possibly when I was at Durham University that I might be a good Cox but um lacrosse was my game jules you so sure that's I... what they said <laughs> they definitely did I promise something, you, something like that short and noisy that's what they'll call this one short and noisy but yeah of course the cambridge women won for the 11th year in a row and the oxford men win they won for the first time since 2018 i think pete Look, we've got we've... the dark blues so he'll be he clean. does
1: but we've got to wrap up so tell us what's happening this week kath
0: well, as you've already mentioned, of course, Jules, the Inter Services gets underway, the Inter Services Basketball gets underway at RAF Cosford this Friday. The Royal Navy men are the defending senior champions. Um, and also in Interservices Rugby, we'll be meeting at um, Ealing Trailfinders on Saturday, the 9th of April. Um, that's for the second round in Interservices Rugby, and that sees the Royal Navy up against the Royal Air Force. Um, the games are at 12 um, and 3:15. That's of course the women's games and the men's games. And for anyone who's interested in Masters game is at 10 o'clock as well uh, we'll be bringing you the men's and the women's games with full commentary on the forces news Facebook page so do tune in on Saturday afternoon um, as ever you can keep up with all that's happening just go to forces.net for the latest military sports results and action um, that is it from forces sport for another week we'd love to hear from you so you can get in touch by emailing us at forces at bfbs.com maybe you've got a, a nugget or two that you'd like to to share with with us and of course you can look back at all the chats with our military guests on the bfbs sports show youtube channel and you can listen back to all the weekly forces sport programs at bfbs.com slash podcast or wherever it is you get your podcast it's good to be back jules it's good to see you again thank you for listening